0: Horror, art, politics, bad assery. Welcome. <laughs> This is Victoria from the Ninth Story Podcast. And this is Kettle Whistle Radio. They play music almost as good as my music box. It's also fairly dark in here. You're not afraid of the dark, but you should be.
2: (laughs) This is Mr. Pink of the Society 13 Podcast Network. And you are listening to Kettle Whistle Radio with Heather and Dave, the only place I come for the music, macabre, and movies.
0: You want to see something really scary? You bet. Music, horror, art, politics, and overall badass movies. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio for real on Society Thirteen Networks.
2: KWR. Hey, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? I wasn't
2: talking to you. Oh, gosh darn it. All right. Hey, so it was a crazy summer, musically and otherwise. Movies, actually, I would have to say kind of sucked. Um, Godzilla was good, and I have a favorite, too. We'll talk about that in a little bit. I think you liked it, too, yeah. So I'm here with Miss D.
1: Hey, what's going on?
2: No one cares who I am. So here we are. Mm. We, uh, Man, talk about rock and roll. It doesn't get more rock and roll than Paul McCartney. Ah, yeah. Okay, it really doesn't. It's the epitome of rock and roll. You hear in the background? Yes. That's Jet Marie, um, apparently. Doing shaking, the hippie hippie shake. Yeah, shaking her money maker and scratching her collar. Anyway, so, alright, speaking of Jet Marie, she scored us tickets to go see Paul McCartney. How does, oh, how tell did, the story. how does something like that happen? Alright, how no. does, how, how does one score? Alright, I would love to have gone to Paul McCartney anyway, no matter what. So we, uh, you know, I'm out in my front yard, uh, you know, well, just like doing me, stuff. We? No, I was. You were nowhere to be found. Okay, I was out was. there. No, you weren't. You weren't. You were gardening. You were doing other yeah. things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen, hey.
1: Oh, it's your story. Tell it.
2: Step off. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing. I'm outside with my dog. Miss D is hiding in in a bush, like shredding flowers or some shit. Doing the real work that people Yeah, to whatever. Yeah. So moving on. Our neighbors pull out and uh, right next door, they pull out of the driveway and they stop in front of the house. And they're like, oh, she's getting so big. Not talking about, you know, Ms. D. We're talking about...
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
2: <laughs> Jet Marie. Okay.
1: Because she was a little tiny puppy. She was a little baby
2: go. when they saw her. And then she, yes. you know, she was getting big. And um, what they, they were like, so what did you name her? And I'm like, oh, well, what, oh, they said, well, what's, your, what's her name again? And I was like, Jet, like after the Paul McCartney song. They're like, oh, that's cool. And they, they pull away, stop, pull back in their car. Like, hey, you guys like Paul McCartney like, huh, like, and yeah. Who Duh. Do, who doesn't if you like rock and roll, otherwise you're just kind of an an idiot. Um and they're like, Well, we got two extra tickets. We'll give them to you like at cost, which was like what, eighty five bucks a ticket.
0: You know what I mean? All you right, so we're really
2: <laughs> they were eighty five bucks a ticket plus tax was one ten. Right. That's all they were. They it's were the fixed. worst seats in the house, hey, whatever. We Literally, took We took the last em.
1: seat in the stadium in,
2: yeah at the console energy center yes. in, in pittsburgh we had the worst seats in the house uh, about three o'clock from the stage all the way up at the top we get we get some we get some wine we are standing we're like you know let's not sit in the seats because everybody's sitting we go behind the seats a little bar
1: yeah standing really hot literally a there, bar
2: yeah. of wood where you could put your drink and watch the show which we did we're standing there and well you say go ahead Oh,
1: so we were just like we at the standing room only seats that they have for hockey, like with the little ledge you can put your drink Paul on. Paul just
2: took the stage.
1: Well, it was like I guess it was like a, almost right before that, right? Yeah, a little no, tiny bit. He be was before. on the stage. Oh, okay. Well, it's a blur, but. Um, <laughs> So we were standing there, and we're like, oh, you know, what do you think he's going to play? And, you know, we're like, oh, talking. And a guy comes over to a us. A dude
2: in a suit, you know, with a red tie comes over to me, which I'm, I'm never comfortable with anybody in a suit and a tie that comes up to me. He doesn't and like red ties. So it, no, no, I just don't. It's no. weird. So he, he approached me. He's just like, hey, uh, would you like better seats? And I'm thinking already I'm going to clock this guy. He's trying to take the tickets I already have, and I'm going to get thrown out because that is what I'm used to. I'm not used to being given anything. And I'm used to basically having trouble at any music scene I've ever been in. And this dude comes up, hey, you, you want better seats? And I'm like, yeah, sure. All right, well, let me see your tickets. And right there, I'm like, oh, screw this. So I went over to the usher, ignoring the guy. Go to the usher. I'm like, hey, do you know this guy? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a concert promoter. But he, he, had, he made it a point to say, I don't really know him. I'm like, well, of course you don't really know him. And the guy's just like... He's a concert promoter, so that's all I need to hear. So I went up back to the guy who's standing with you still. Like, okay, what do you got? He's like, oh, I got these tickets here. We're going to upgrade your seats because you have the worst seats in the house. Yes, exactly and did. we're going to give you these because you look like fans. You know, like, oh, okay. So, you know, my I have to turn around the whole defensive thing. Like, now I'm like Mr. Nice Guy. Oh, thank you so much! This is awesome. Holy shirt! You know, like, but he, he has to take our tickets in the process. I made sure that he gave us the promo tickets first. Yes. These tickets end up being twenty rows back from the front, twenty five rows at the most, with no one in front of us. It was amazing. And the God of Rock and Roll is on stage. We're the third song in. We only missed. I one. cried. I, that, that's the point I was getting to. We had to take an elevator to the ground floor because the, the and Misty.
1: Oh, well, well, before we got on the elevator, I, w- I asked the guy, I "Was like, can I hug you?" And I hugged him. But uh, yeah, and I was like, "Oh my God, this never happens to us."
2: You know, not good things. Not weep, like weep, that. Weep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was very exciting. Yeah, it, it was, was cool exciting. to actually
2: be approached by someone that was not trying to kill me. That was nice. Yes. That but was nice. Apparently, for Apparently,
1: I guess, like some of the bigger. Artists, you know that that's like a thing that they do. It was it was a literally a row, a long row, uh, Mm of throughout the concert they brought people down from I guess the outer seats and the worst seats, and I just think that was like really cool. Uh, I mean, I think some of the bigger acts do do that.
2: Springsteen, uh, I think they said Fleetwood Mac, right? Uh, McCartney does it. Well, obviously, obviously,
1: (laughs) but that was really cool because we could never have afforded. No, yeah. Those are would have been really expensive tickets. You're talking even thousands of dollars.
2: Yes, and Which, he played for almost three hours. and yeah. did everything you could ever imagine. Look at the playlist for Pittsburgh or anything that McCartney does. The only thing he didn't play that night was Jet.
1: For our little Jet,
0: our little that's girl, okay.
2: our little girl that scored scored us the tickets. <laughs> he didn't do it, but that's okay. It's okay. Well,
1: we're good with that. Thank we're you. Good Paul. With that. We're, we're good. good with that.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Now, with that being said, we're going to play our first song of the night tonight, okay? And this is going to be, um, i got to say, this guy Ruben Romano. Oh. Now, for you novices that don't know who that is, you then you don't know who Fu Manchu is, which also means that you don't know what the hell you're talking about if you don't know Fu Manchu. All right, we're talking, you know, late 80s, 90s rock. This guy is a veteran of the metal scene and his new band, The Freaks. It's a, it's punk rock and it's fantastic. And his song, The Weirdness, which we're about to hear.
1: Oh, I love this song.
2: Yeah, you do. And it came with a story. And this is awesome because he, he just like, he sent this to me last night. We were talking online for a bit. And um, I was like, listen, I'm going to play a song. But I I need a story. I, I got a story for you. All right. Here it is. This is Ruben Romano from the Fu Manchu days. And, and now the Freaks, which we're about to hear. He says, this was the tune that we used to sponsor our Kickstart campaign so it actually was our first release and it did it did get us the goal that we set a real high energy freak out about the weird and creepy things that go down in the night alley cats rats and wastoids lurking in the shadows and behind closed doors at least that's how it turned out i had no idea what i was writing down just thought it was weird (laughs) a working title that ended up sticking as he says here i recorded the the demos vocal uh, the demo vocals in my car in the garage i love that and what better vocal booth can you find at 1 a.m living in a condo with neighbors on both sides and above me <laughs> when you hear the song you'll understand because the vocals yes now and, and this is great because he he points out that he was totally inspired by kim foley or Fowley F O W L E Y 1968 the song Night Rider look it up there's a video for it and this is a song that inspired him to do this song The Weirdness but he <laughs> he said <laughs> when you have that kind of tune that just lets you scream like Kim Fowley then just go with it and that's exactly <laughs> what this is let's listen to a little bit of The Weirdness from uh, The Freaks Here. Ruben Romano, my buddy, from and The Weirdness by The Freaks. What a great song. What a great song. What a great song. Okay, so we got to talk some other stuff here. Uh, we saw something. All right, yeah, alright we're going to do this. Um, I bought something for my dad. All right, we took him to see him and his wife, Joanne, to see Staying Alive, okay, Staying ah. Alive, One Night of the Bee Gees. Yes, we cover yes. everything here, okay? And went in cold, not knowing what to expect. It was the, the, the Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra. Oh, it was For we charity, were like, oh, man. and we're like, oh, what are we in for here? Um, and
1: we were like, oh, the symphony is gonna play Bee Gees. Okay, Dad, that's just weird, but um. It ended up kicking our arses.
2: Arses. Yeah. Um, it ended up being three guys that looked exactly like the Brothers Gibb. And um, they played, you know, those bass, those guitar, keyboards, mm-hmm. drums. The symphony played the background. And they did all the hits of the Bee Gees at Heinz Hall. And I don't care, man. They had If you hate disco, well, then you should never be there. Uh, but they had the whole place up and dancing. And you they sound. Yeah, they they did, and this was for Miss D, I think. They did the Andy Gibb medley.
1: Oh, oh, the Andy Gibb medley. That's what he. Powder, powder. Yeah, I'm you just know. saying
2: it was incredible. For I've seen Beetle Beetlemania, I've seen Rolling Stone cover bands, and now I've seen uh, the Bee Gees, the best cover band. They're from Montreal, and uh they were amazing. Staying Alive. I mean, yeah. there's a the brochure it? right there.
1: And as ridiculous as it sounded. It was a good time. They had, oh, they had people up dancing. It was actually like the fountain of youth for us. I felt very, very young.
2: Uh, but, yeah, uh, we were, yeah, we were the youngest ones in I the I was house. like, oh so goodness,
1: my nice. skin yeah. is dewy and young. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we were probably the youngest thing happening there, which doesn't happen hey, often.
2: That was a fun time. I don't so, care, man. It was so fun. A little it was, live really was a good time. disco.
1: Now, and Heinz Hall is gorgeous, a gorgeous venue. Um, oh yeah. That was that beautiful. Was first beautiful. time in there for
2: me. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely gorgeous.
2: Now, uh, on to TV. Now, we're wrapping up the summer here, basically, and the summer's been interesting. You got falling skies on TV, if you like sci-fi, and a little twist of horror there, and it's just kind of very mediocre. um the things that I think, I guess there are two things that were good. Two things that stand out. The strain on FX, Um modern vampire tale whatever if you will it's you know we're we're not even halfway through the series so i can't tell you what it's about except that's guillermo del Toro, and um it hits a personal nerve for me because i wasn't allowed to use the name the fall for my book which was based on the short story the fall that i wrote because guillermo del Toro, i think it was the second book of the strain or whatever the second part of it was called the fall so my publisher said you can't use that because uh, Guillermo has something coming out and don't use The Fall so that's why it became The Fall of Tomorrow I mean the short story was The
1: Fall it was so, called The Fall so,
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah which actually uh, well, the Ray funny Del thing Toro. is the working title was <laughs> going to be The Fall of Tomorrow then the book became The Fall of Tomorrow right. but I wasn't allowed to use it. but you know what I'm in good company and the strain on FX that's a kick-ass vampire, modern vampire tale. They're not holding back. There's some. You don't really. There's nobody to really like in it, so you kind of hope everybody dies. The only person that's good. Now, do you know the guy that played? If you go back to uh, Harry Potter days, the janitor in. Um,
1: oh, Filch. Filch,
2: Filch. the Mr. guy that plays Filch. Filch yeah, he plays kind of like a. Um, you know, a vampire hunter with a sword—he's a badass too for an oh, old really? guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's the only reason that you kind of cheer for the good guys. Otherwise, I'm totally for the vampires in this thing. Um, are and they're—they're they
0: they're, they're awful. They, are they, are they, are they oh, they're they disgusting. No. Or are they, like,
2: no, 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 no. no. They—they they emit this I mean, like, tube like the aliens do, and they suck right onto your neck or whatever they ew. bite, and they just drain you. And they're more like zombies. They're monsters. They're not. Yeah, there's nothing pretty what about them. What was
1: the scary vampire movie that was actually scary? Thirty Days
2: of Night. That yeah, thirty so days. Last of one night. in the past yeah. fifteen okay. years. So they're was, more like
1: that. that yeah.
2: I'm um. More... No, they don't talk much. But yeah, some of them do. They they just the there's thing. no glitter. No. Okay.
1: Good. No. No.
2: No. No. Yeah. But we'll get into that. That too. I. I whatever. The other thing I thought was cool, uh, Penny Dreadful. Which is a complete rip off of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, where but they only go the horror route. Now I'm s- kind of surprised they were allowed to do what they did with this, but it ends up being good. It's pretty good, pretty good. But we saw it already with the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, you know, grabbing the, the Mina Harker and I, I don't know. It's
1: well, and and League of Extraordinary Gentlemen has Sean Connery, and this has. Uh, oh, the Bond guy. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Timothy Dalton. Timothy yeah, Dalton. Yeah, Timothy Dalton. No, he's very good in the part he plays, but and, uh, nobody can help. Out-
2: Josh Hartnett as a, some Billy the Kid type.
1: Yeah. But, you, you know, you look at Sean Connery and then you're nah, like, you like, It's worth <laughs> a gander <to> <laughs>
2: because it ends up by the seventh episode, you get into... uh the sort of Mina Harker character. I don't know. It's not really Mina Harker. It's another... Uh, whatever. But She's possessed by an evil demon, and they kind of have a really yeah, cool like exorcism. There's a really good exorcism episode, and and, and she becomes interesting finally. So Penny Dreadful, I say give that a shot. That's up to you. That's up to you. Now, the big fail? True oh, blood. True blood. God. Yeah, I'm going to pass the torch over to Miss D on this one. <sighs>
1: Well, okay, first of all, in your final season, you knock off Pittsburgh's own Joe Manganiello. Hello! No, he was like the most interesting character for the past two years, was Alcide, and then you just, ugh, it was horrible, 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 horrible. They killed him off, and then nothing else was said about him, and... That Sookie character just got more annoying and annoying and annoying as time went on. And they just ended it very soprano style, I thought. Very soprano style. The end of it, very soprano style. Like, oh, yeah, okay, we're, we're having Thanksgiving dinner and, um, and, and, oh, and Sookie's pregnant to somebody that has a beard but isn't,
2: the the I'll only person seed. that that hasn't slept with her yet, I guess, had you know the potency to impregnate her.
1: Exactly.
0: But Something my problem like with that. the thing, and oh, I, so- I did
2: watch it because it started off kind of edgy, then it really got so, so boppery. Um They not just neglect they they completely neglected, like they didn't even have her character talk about Alcee that she was enamored with. Yeah,
1: she's like she completely oh, I'm forgot not so much. I'm gonna have a party and wait. wait that's it.
2: It was like. Like, it was almost like he pissed off the producers, so we're not gonna mention the character's name anymore. Dumb, bad, I will, I will forget that like I forgot lost. I just yeah. forget about it. Done. Well, uh,
1: the ladies, Magic Mike 2 is coming out, I think, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> if you need some Joe Mangan. Now,
2: as far as, I, I gotta get into comic books a little bit, cause there's some oh, cool boy. stuff out there right now. Here we Reading go. materials, comics, Nightbreed. Oh, the new Nightbreed series. I, I, issue 1 and 2 has been out both of which sold out. I don't think you can get them anymore. Uh, Peliquin is the man. Uh, if you're a Nightbreed fan, pick up the Nightbreed comic books. Fantastic. I love the reboot. And it takes off where the movie's left off, and Clive Barker's all behind it. So I love it. I love it. And I love the New Warriors. This is... Mm-hmm. Not everybody does. Uh, after Civil War and Marvel, why would you? Because they killed off... Well, it was their fault anyway. But the New Warriors, I like the reboot... I, it, they keep getting rebooted every, like, ten years, and they're the underdog of the, the comic book heroes, so I'm always into them. I I, I love the New Warriors. Whatever. Great series. I'm um, up to issue six, so it got me back into comic books. As far as reading materials, we're going to get this guy on here. I'm reading from Penguin Publishing, Thomas Sweaterich. If I said it wrong... Well, he's going to be on here, and he can correct me. I'm reading Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Thomas Sweaterich, S-W-E-T-E-R-I-T-S-C-H, it's all about Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh, and it's about Pittsburgh being destroyed, absolutely destroyed, in a Blade... Now, we're going to a Blade Runner environment where people have all this tech stuff put into their brains, where they're able to go back and find their loved ones in their moments of death, and... This is a good book. This guy ends up... He's working for like an insurance company where they have to find questionable deaths and make sure they actually did die in Pittsburgh and it becomes a murder mystery. I love it because it's about the Berg and it's dirty, it's ugly, and if you love Blade Runner, that's the environment I picture it in. He will probably prove me wrong when I have him on. Now it's time for a song. I don't know. Are you thinking about Faster Pussycat?
1: Oh, I am thinking about Faster Pussycat.
2: Well, you pick the song. Oh.
1: um, Well, you know what? Um... Being a teen of the late '80s, <laughs> I I love bathroom wall. So can wall. we play bathroom wall?
2: Bathroom wall it is.
1: I got your number off the bathroom wall.
2: Right, I should be familiar with that one. That was uh, who was that?
1: Oh, that was Faster Pussycat, of course, ah. from the Back '80s.
2: Still playing strong, still touring like maniacs, and the Newly deads Of course, we had Christian, uh, uh, Christian Simon on here from the, from Faster Pussycat as well. Anthony Shrock from. Full Effect Records who signed well let's just say if supposed to get assigned to them now so just fantastic I, I, I'm so proud to be able to play stuff like that and I know you were a big fan back then too absolutely Mr. Tame Me Down yes
1: but, okay
2: yes, so that being said um, talk about Glam glam Metal I, we left the, I left the studio for a brief moment I came back and suddenly I am being faced with um, a microphone adorned with many, many, many scarves. Um, My counterpart in crime here has totally Steven Tylered up her (laughs) microphone stand.
1: Hey, you know what? Lifelong dream. I'm standing here and I have a lot of scarves and damn, they look good on this microphone stand.
2: Yeah? Mm -hmm. Like
1: like one of my uh, idols
2: um,
1: who uses lots of scarves. Stevie Nicks. Yay!
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, Stevie Nicks. We'll get into that in a little bit here. But Uh-oh. I must say, the mic stand never looked that good or bad before. It's awesome. Mm. It's
1: very me. So,
2: anyway. Uh, we, we had some sadness recently. Uh, uh. Robin Williams and Joan Rivers. Sort of back-to-back.
1: Right. Who would have thunk it? Gone.
2: Uh who to thunk the way they went, I, I don't know. Um it's very sad. Yes. Uh Robin Williams uh, to me it, it destroys everything I knew about him in childhood. and childhood. Morgan Mindy and his stand up was one of the funniest stand ups I've ever seen in my life, one of the first stand ups I've ever seen in my life on HBO and he just genius. Comic genius. Yes. For him to go out that sad yeah. really it just, ruins uh, a lot for me. I don't know, just, eh, it did.
1: Yeah. No, uh, absolutely, I would agree with that.
2: And Joan, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I mean obviously Joan Rivers was older and, um, but you know what, I think if she went out on top which I think is exactly how she would w- have wanted like, I mean, I don't know that you ever want to go out, but I think she would have wanted to go out on top, That it was like more sudden than lingering kind of thing. mm But, uh, yeah, I mean, she was something till the day she went. She was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. Um, Very biting. I I just always admired that. Yes. (laughs) That woman not afraid to say what she thought.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) To
1: anyone. (laughs) I mean,
2: uh, I I don't even know how to tribute her other than, you know, Mm. to keep talking about her. Um,
1: I I did. I admired her. She was...
2: Fantastic. No, she... If you ever listen to... Opie and Anthony, um, Jim Norton, who is a comic on there on a regular basis, and I'm a regular listener. He idolized a lot of comics today. Well, they idolized. She mm-hmm. showed up on the Louis C.K. show. Louis C.K. Oh. slept with her. <laughs> yes, I mean just was like funny, and it was an honor. And she, and what a trooper for her to show up and be the oh, old, the old hag to show up and sleep with. Uh, She's like, all right, do it. (laughs) And just fantastic. She was an artist. Yes, but
1: I mean, but she did a lot of the, you know, um, I guess, what women didn't do at her time. Right. And and that's why I really admire her. Because she didn't say, oh, I'll sit down and do whatever you tell me to do. No, she did what she wanted to do, which was rare in that time. Yes. She wasn't a soft-spoken woman, and I do admire that.
2: And I'm going to dedicate this next tune to her and Robin Williams, Mm -hmm. even though he kind of pissed me off, but... You know, it, there's more to it than that. The whole Parkinson's yeah, we, we angle, can't, you can't... We but, can't um, judge.
1: We can't judge. We're
2: going to play we're the Misfits not. the Misfits Medley by <laughs> Mr. Vertigo, who are new friends of mine. Great band. Um, they do an acoustic medley of the Misfits. And I played it a couple... Uh, I played it last episode. Why not? Let's do it again. What do you think?
1: I, I think that would be great because they were, in a sense, both
3: Misfits in their own way. In
2: their own way and time.
3: Yes. There was some kind of love There was some kind of hate The maggots in the eye of love Won't copulate And it's a one Test your threshold of pain. Let's see how long it lasts. It's happened in your ribbons and on your pants. With jaded eyes and features, you think they really care? Let's go. With- Thing. Did you like the fun? Did you like the times that I promised you? More be losing your breath, Little angel of red Treating on me anymore Little angel fuck, I see you going down on a fire fireplug Little angel fuck sighs for every and double-fade Beds and I I want your score i oh, no.
2: medley by mr vertigo check them out mr vertigo on facebook you're gonna i'm gonna have i think his name is available. matthew hadges i think that's how you pronounce it it's spelled very differently
1: we're not good at the pronunciation no, sorry we're, guys we're, we're gonna
2: have them on here uh soon 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 um i totally well
1: oh that was brilliant <laughs> that was just masterful the medley um and then we, we actually heard another song that they did, and uh.
2: I've heard everything really, they did.
1: Really? Well, I've only heard a few, but really mm-hmm. good stuff. Really yeah, good we'll,
2: stuff. We'll be playing more. But I mean, the, and Halloween, I, I, I love, mm-hmm. how many times have we heard that in our basement in Helmsdeep? Absolutely. I, I would love to hear somebody play that acoustically down there sometime. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> yeah, that was done
1: masterfully, I could just say.
2: Thank you very much there, Mr. Vertigo. All uh, right, so movies, summertime, blah, 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 blah. The, boy, they sucked. However, however, there was one that stood out, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, here we go. I can't talk enough about it because I was a Rocket Raccoon fan as a kid. I used to ride my bike to a drugstore called Genovese, for all you Long Island listeners.
3: Genovese. Uh, I would ride
2: my bike and make sure they got the new issue of Rocket Raccoon. There was only four issues. I think it came out in the summertime, so it was like yeah, you know, I have to go once a month, ride my bike, And pick it up for 75 cents and see what Rocket Raccoon did. And and it was, he was a mercenary for hire to see him come to life on the big screen. You know what? I don't care. That movie rocked.
1: Oh, he didn't care. He was, he was in heaven with his bucket of popcorn and a talking raccoon in a tree. Groot, Groot, Groot. Groot.
2: Come on. Actually, I
1: loved Groot. Groot was actually my favorite.
2: You like Rocket.
1: Oh, he was adorable. It was a
2: good movie.
1: He was an ill-natured raccoon.
2: I didn't like that they are like, hey, Star Wars fans, you're going to love this one. Shut the hell up with that. Yeah, it was you know, totally stop, different. Just stop doing that. It's its yeah. own entity. I love Star Wars, but please, hey, those, Star Wars. You know, God, yeah, those weren't
1: the droids you were looking for. <laughs> Come on. Exactly.
2: Can't break. Michael Rooker was amazing and a strong character once again, very... uh uh, mercenary type, uh, you couldn't cheer for him, you couldn't cheer against him, but Michael Rooker is always creepy and I like that wow. he was in that. Probably one of my favorite characters outside of Rocket. So, fantastic. Great movie. Guardians of the Galaxy. I give it a 10 or a 5 or just good.
1: Wow. I do. You give it um, like what?
2: I give it stuff. Ten whistles up. I give it stuff. <laughs> we. I give it stuff. All right. So here's the thing. Um, USA Today horror films falling under a frightful spree or spell or whatever the hell they're trying to say here. Spree it, like I, a I love I, this is so interesting too. Horror films falling under a frightful, mm. uh, frightful spell. This year, no horror film has hit number one, despite <gasps> despite formidable entries such as. A new paranormal activity. Who cares? Yeah, Installment and Eric Bana's Deliver Us From Evil. Eh.
1: eh. That was. Analysts
2: expect the purge. Anarchity. Anarchity? Anarchity.
1: What is that? Like making a new language? It's
2: actually a misspelling in USA Today. Oh, nice. Anarchity opening Friday, (laughs) to breathe some life into the faltering genre. The faltering genre. You know what's faltering about the genre? That they're just putting reboots out and everybody is smarter than that.
1: And everything's PG-13.
2: Bunch of assholes. I, seriously the pg-13 movies don't be fooled anymore i'm not gonna be fooled anymore. Yeah, i've been yeah. saying that for years and i I really am not I, mean, I, I expect it to suck when it's pg-13 and it always does that's very true there's maybe one out of ten that don't suck um yeah but i love that they're saying that the genre is faltering when there's so many people doing their own thing right now i mean whether it's you know johnny daggers our buddy you know just just people doing their own thing because the genre does suck and we're sick of reboots enough already um yeah look for something original
1: speaking of original
2: i don't know what's original <laughs> but i do have to say thank you to the dark rose journal for what a great review of the this publication that i have out there what what do we call it mm-hmm. yeah, you don't know it <laughs> thank you but the fall of tomorrow she gave me uh, dark rose journal gave me such a great write up um, look up first of all artists out there i mean they look for art they look for writing poetry and they'll publish it and this is a thick book and yes it is paperback e-zine, whatever uh go to the dark dark rose journal on facebook or go to www.darkrosejournal.com. okay and they take submissions contact, contact miss julia ray of the Dark Rose Journal, and I can't say thank you enough right. because it's, what a great review, and um, it's been fantastic for my book.
1: Right, and, and it's actually an impressive publication. Yes, she really puts it together well. Um, a lot of thought goes into it. From the it's heart. not like one of those like magazines. You're like, wow, that was just really kind of slopped together. I can't believe anybody would publish that. Hippocratic circus. Is- <laughs> um. <laughs> but yeah, this is very. It's very impressive. Very impressive big what time, she does,
2: big time. But I can't thank her enough. Um, on top of that, uh okay, concerts. We got stuff coming up. Fleetwood Mac, October fourteenth in Pittsburgh. Woo! And uh, like I said, Miss D has. Uh, I can't even. I will have to put a picture up of your microphone with all these scarves on it. That's
1: amazing. Yeah,
2: she's no, she's dancing around with her scarves. I mean, totally Stephen Tylering it.
0: Ew. But yeah, Fleetwood
2: Mac. I, I'm <laughs> happy because Christine McVie is back. I love I love Stevie Nicks. Uh, I know you don't like Christine McVie, but you have to have little lies. <laughs> you got to have her in the background, dude. She's fantastic. Uh, Enough of you. I
1: think Stevie can uh, do
2: it. Oh. And but we love you too, Christine McVie. I'm saying. Yeah, you're a hater. Um, and then Not October 2nd, I scored tickets to go to the Smiling Moose to see Prong. The Almighty Prong. I am so freaking happy that I'm going to see them in a small venue. I've been waiting my whole life to see them, and I'm going to see Prong up close and personal. Yes, man. Smiling moves. That's
1: why you asked me, what are you doing that day? October 2nd.
2: October 2nd. About it. The Almighty Prong. Are you kidding? I I wouldn't see any other band other than them on that day.
1: Oh, well, I I thought you were taking me to see something I really wanted to see.
2: Not like But Prong
1: will be amazing, I guess. No, actually They're they fantastic. will be. Yeah, they, I, I I I dig Prong, but wow. Hmm. You yeah. are keeping that secret. Uh-huh. Thanks for unveiling that on the air. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm.
2: Who's ready for a little uh, punk rock?
1: Uh. I'm ready for something after oh, that unveiling.
2: Wow, you're disappointed. Not
1: disappointed. You won't be. I thought it was something for me.
2: Oh, well, it wasn't. So, speaking of...
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't. <laughs> not for
2: you. Anywho. This is, this is not for you or from you. It's from Philly. All right? They're called From Philly. We're going to listen to Greetings, and I want to thank you for, to... uh I got a big thank you to Charles Moran. Of Zomik. Here's his little card right here. Yes. Charles Moran from Philly. I met him can't at the, see it. the Indianapolis Days of the cool, Dead show. Dude. Do, go to www.horrorprince.com for the greatest horror prints you can find. This guy yes. does, I mean, the stuff that he, uh, we're talking obscure horror movie prints. This right. guy will do it for you. Charles Moran, look him up. He's on Facebook. Go to www.horrorprince.com. And I'm telling you now, he gave us from Philly. Let's do it right now
0: with greetings...
2: back and that was greetings from from philly that was the band thank you charles moran um currently horror fans if you're interested at all i am wrapping up my second book called dwelling in the dark an anthology of lots of disgustingly scary stories i hope they're scary i don't know Mm. i think they're fun personally but, um, yeah, that, you'll, you should see that by Halloween. So, you know, once again, i got to plug myself because who else is going to do that? Um, you can get always go to, if you want my first book, if you're interested in, like, monsters and stuff, go to www.fairlydarkproductions.com. I promise you, if you like monsters, you will not be disappointed. Or will you?
1: Oh, you won't be disappointed.
2: <laughs> by any means. <laughs> She's not sure about that. Mm. No. Okay. So, wind out of her sails. All right. So, um, Heather Taddy has been absent for a while. We finally got to the bottom of what she's been up to. No?
1: Oh, we did. We did. And? Apparently, there's been lots of practice, lots of jam sessions with her new band.
2: Yes. The Glowworms folks check them out Monday the 22nd of September literally outside and under the 33rd Street Railroad Bridge it's called Certain Death by the promoter Certain Death is the location it little it's an outside very punk rock location under the 33rd Street Railroad Bridge The Glowworms will be playing there
1: be glowing, the glowwormy,
2: <laughs> and I well, I've seen the artwork, I haven't heard the music. I'm waiting. She's supposed to send me music. I want to hear this thing.
1: Perhaps there might be a, an actual glowworm stuffed animal <laughs> thrown glowing <laughs> at the stage from somebody's hands. I'm not going to say who me.
2: You might knock her out, huh?
1: Well, I don't, I'm not going to knock her out with it but by it's mistake.
2: Cute. I mean, if you wing something like that,
1: well. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to lob it okay, gently. Lobbing, lobbing. Gently lob it in Heather's direction perhaps.
2: <laughs> All right. So yeah, to wrap things up here. There was a great concert that did happen this summer. Mm-hmm. And I got to say Down and definitely Black Label was an incredible mm-hmm. show.
1: Early early this summer. Yeah. Huh? Was it May?
2: Yeah. It, it was, was in May, just yeah. Just before summer kicked off, but yeah. yeah, but we didn't talk about it. And my god. I mean, Down was so tight. Phil was right on, Ugh. just unbelievably on. I know we talked about it briefly on one of the earlier shows, and was just, but you, you didn't want to disappoint him. And, of course, we got up there. We got up front um, with Black Label. Oh, my. Yeah, you want to take the wheel on that?
1: Um, Well, what kind of wheel? Um, well, yeah, uh, I'm a huge fan of Zach Wilde. <laughs> I have been for, since he broke the scene and was Ozzy's guitarist. It was your first and, show. Uh, my, one of my first shows. Yeah. Actually, Ozzy. my first concert, Civic Arena, uh Ozzy and Anthrax. And uh cool. I saw Mr. Z- Wild and, and instantly fell in love.
2: With, clap your hands and see if you can clap how, faster <laughs> than he plays. I, I fell in
1: love just. with Pantene Zack. With <laughs> his nice flowing hair. As he beautiful. calls it, too. Pantene yes. Zack.
2: We got you up there, and he's not that tall, but he put his hand, well you put your hand out. And, and
1: Zach Wilde touched my hand. I, I, I cried a little bit. I'm For not the gonna second lie.
2: Time. That's the second I'm not, time. I'm
1: not gonna lie. But but that's, uh, a, that's the second time. Yes, that happened. I, I love Zach Wilde. <laughs> and I, I vowed to like not wash it like Marsha Brady whenever she met like, <laughs> what, what was it? Was it Davy oh, Jones? Davy something? Jones.
2: Yes. The late Davy Jones. Twinkle,
1: twinkle. Um, but yeah, I, I washed it that night and I took a shower because eh, it's a metal show. A little disgusting and sweaty. Very much. And somebody stole my umbrella that night. Yes, they did. Son of a gun.
2: Yeah, it was raining. We went to a bar and, uh, put our umbrella out in the foyer Mm -hmm. and some douche took our umbrella. If you
1: were at the Bettis Grill in May and it was a (laughs) rainy night and people were going to the Black Label Society concert and you still have that (laughs) umbrella? (laughs) Guess what? Karma
2: is a bitch. And we know our umbrella.
1: That umbrella is going to break on you. Because it's all—it's uh, old, it's old, it's old. And I'm going to laugh secretly inside somewhere. There's also that weird spell we put on the handle. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a problem.
2: All right, so with that in mind, uh, Zach Wilde's number one fan. We're going to play a song called Number One Fan.
1: It's not by Zach Wilde. No,
2: by Majesty Crush. Majesty Crush which is on Full Effect Records. You can find them on Thinning the Herd CD uh, from Full Effect Records and Anthony Schrock. Thank you so much for the music and um, thanks for listening, folks.
1: Oh, thanks for listening. And if you see a dirty old PNC umbrella, break it in half.
2: <laughs> Don't touch the handle, it's
1: cursed. <laughs> Good night, folks. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an Electric Cast production.
0: Electric Cast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll
1: gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast.